Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to tell you all about our recent Backstage Magic Adventures by Disney trip uh, Kevin and I took with a whole group of podcast listeners. That was one of our exclusive groups. We're joined at the table this week by our panel of experts, agent consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Client services manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Back in our production facility, we have our associate producer, Oliver Green. Hello. Again, thank you guys for joining us, and welcome. Uh, the end of October of this year, uh, don't, I'm not sure exactly when this show will air, but 2016, uh, Kevin and I had a chance to do another Adventures by Disney backstage magic trip. This was one of our exclusive Dreams Unlimited Travel slash Diz Unplugged trips, where we had uh, the entire group was just made up of folks who listen and watch our shows, which is always fun to do. Uh, if you watch our other show, if you watch the Diz Unplugged, you know we've done this show many, this trip many, many times, and we've done sort of the day-by-day uh, itinerary, and we talk to you about what we've done every day. Um, that's not what we're going to do this show. Uh, I don't see any benefit in going through this day we did this and this day we did that and all the things we saw. I'd like to just talk a little bit about, first of all, the general general what we did in our experience, but also we had some different stuff happen this trip, which is what's great about these backstage magic trips is you never know exactly what's going to happen. You don't ever have the same trip twice. So we'll talk a little bit about what happened differently um, that Disney did for us, but also some of the things that Kevin and I arranged uh, for our group. So uh, first and foremost, one of the cool things was we specifically did this trip around Halloween because we had never been Mm. to Disneyland during Halloween. So that was really, really cool, something different and a different time for us to travel. Also a little bit nicer weather for us, a little bit cooler, so it wasn't that crazy heat of the summer that we usually get when we do these trips. Um, Anything you want to talk about specifically as when it comes to this backstage magic? I think I would reiterate what you just said. Uh, We can tell you, you know, if I described every detail of it, it would be very different from the next trip or the trip before. We did things on this trip that we haven't done before. And we've done trips, things on other trips that we didn't do this time. So there's a basic outline of what's done, but the details change from trip to trip. Also, what changes, too, is also the dynamic of the people. Right. You know, you always get a different group, and the trips are always different based on the people who are on the trip. So it's always fun trip, for us to do these sort of over and over again. People always say to us, do you get bored? I don't think we ever get bored on these trips. We might not want to do that same thing every time. Like go to Walt's barn? Stop. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but stop. But we try to make that, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We try to make that a little more interesting too. There's one thing that's part of every trip and that's the sculpture room at Imagineering. And they tell a story (laughs) and it's at the point now where... I, I can tell You're the story. You're miming the story as they're telling it. I'm doing interpretive dance of this story. <laughs> right. And it's a great story. And if you've never heard it, it's wonderful. If you've heard it 12 times. Right. It's the story. The details of the story don't change. It's a little bit like we talk about with Disney Cruise Line. Right. You know, things are the same. I mean, every cruise is different. But the, the basic nuts and bolts are the same. It's not to say it's not fantastic. Right. It's amazing. It's just there's certain elements of it where it's Okay. I don't want to hear the sculpture and story there, again. And there are things that we do. I'll give you an example. Uh, we always start in Hollywood. The trip starts in Hollywood, and we, you do the same sort of thing where you talk about uh, the Oscars and 
mm-hmm. you know, the, the show and all that stuff because you're staying in the hotel where the Oscars take place. And then they sort of tie it into Walt's journey to Hollywood. But one of the things you do is we go to Grauman's Chinese Theater, which is not called that anymore. It's now called the TCL Chinese Theater. TCL Chinese Theater. And there's a presentation that happens there that we love. There's yeah. a gentleman named Levi. Oh, isn't he amazing? He is. And Levi is a true historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've. I'm going to go back just a second okay. before we get back there. This trip is two nights in Hollywood and three nights at the Disney Resort. That's how this is broken up. A lot of people had a night before or a night after, but that's the actual adventure. Five nights. Uh, your first day is you're tracing Walt's uh, journey from Hollywood into Anaheim and Disneyland. And so there is a little bit of Hollywood history. And Levi, who at the, at the TCL Theater, is amazing. The lobby is also filled with um, classic movie mm-hmm. Costumes. Costumes. Uh, Vivian Lee's dress from Gone with the Wind, the green one made out of the curtains, is in the lobby of the TCL Theater. And so always change. Always changing based on uh, current films, popular films, what they're getting their hands on. They just were, they were two empty cases and they were getting movies from, or getting costumes from, I'm... Twilight. The Twilight series. I don't remember... Let me put it a different way. I didn't care what they were. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Garland's... Uh, gingham pinafore and white blouse was in a case and you know I'm sorry you can put whatever you want in the next one but when you've got the going with the wind dress and the Wizard of Oz dress you're kind of anything else is sort of downhill when you talk about that trip always changing in earlier trips we had done the backstage magic that wasn't part of it inside the theater so the last trip we did was the first time we had done inside the theater that theater is amazing. They've also done a really cool, I think it's like an eight-minute movie where mm-hmm. they show you the restoration of the right. TCL theater and the history of it. I, it's one of my favorite parts. It is. Um, and again, that's one of those things we've done it, it must be five times now. Maybe. The, the part in the theater? Yeah. yeah. I would say that's true. It's five times. And we would never, ever skip it. Right. It's just so cool to see it over and over again. Now, there were some things that were left out of our Hollywood experience. Uh, we couldn't get to the Ghirardelli soda fountain. Oh, I'd be out. That's it. I quit. Um, <laughs> Money back. A lot of <laughs> things were... Uh, Hollywood Boulevard was kind right. of on lockdown. Uh, President Obama was going to be on Jimmy Kimmel the first night we were in Hollywood. And Jimmy Kimmel's theater is right across the street. Right. Right, right next to the El Capitan. Yep. So they had, they had sort of swept that area, and you really couldn't get close to it. Some folks went the next day on their own when they had some free time. But the night they usually take everybody over and buy you a hot fudge sundae if you want. It just, it wasn't available. There was just no way to get to it. But, and, and traffic was crazy. Yeah, uh, your second day is a little more Hollywood. Uh, one of the things that is done every trip is a trip to Henson Studios. This is the old Charlie Chaplin Studios where, uh, his movies were made. It's also where We Are the World was recorded. It's also where people like The Carpenters recorded. At one time, it was A&M Records. So the, a great deal of history involved. But that's always different, too. They did different things this trip than they've done on other trips. So even being a jaded repeat guest, you saw new things. This is also where the, the Muppet geeks come out. Right. <laughs> if people on our trips, and I say it with love, I say use the term geek with love. 
if you are a Muppet geek, you absolutely freak out being at Henson Studios uh, and the things you get to see and experience. We won't give some of that stuff away. Again, what because if, it might not happen the next time, and I don't want anyone to come into this disappointed. You also don't want to spoil it. However, one of the things they have done at Henson Studios is they've actually um, put in place a pop-up store. So now you can yeah. buy Henson Studio merchandise. Right. I kind of think we might have had something yeah. to do Maybe. with that. Yeah. Maybe. Remember the very first time we went there? Remember how they fed us? <laughs> yes, yes. We were talking about that this trip. Yeah. We used to have lunch at Henson Studios, and that was one of those crinkly plastic boxes of prepackaged food, and you sat on folding chairs in the parking lot. And we talk about parking lot. We're talking about a place that's really big enough for one car to park and one person to drive <laughs> right. yeah. past it. It's not a large and spot. It was all outside, and it was all sitting on tables. It was just, it was, and it was bizarre. You know, one of the options was tuna. <laughs> They've come a long way. Right. You <laughs> no longer eat at Henson oh, Studios. Sorry, Oliver. There's one of those times where I go really loud. <laughs> you find no one. You just don't have lunch at Henson right. Studios. Right. I actually go to the Tam O'Shanter, which is where uh, Walt yes. that's, mm. took, made the nine old men eat. I don't know. There's some. <laughs> Story. Uh, this was yeah, a this is a, a very famous restaurant it's been there for a hundred years it's um a theme restaurant it's got a scottish theme and it was close enough to the studios when there wasn't a lot out there that walt uh when people were working late he would offer that he would give them money to and actually the story is he would give them each a quarter to go get dinner Apparently, this was at a time when you could buy dinner for a quarter. It's got a great deal of history. If you're a fan of the show The Office, the final episode mm-hmm. of The Office was filmed in the Tam O'Shanter. We've been in the Tam O'Shanter and run into Dick Van Dyke. That did not happen this time, and I cannot promise you that Dick Van Dyke is going to be sitting in the lobby waiting for you, but it happens. Uh, and then your final part of the day where you're a group activity is you go to Griffith Park and you go to Walt's barn. The barn is what was in Walt's backyard. And when that house was torn down, it was donated to the Los Angeles train people the of United barn States. People. <laughs> <laughs> barn people. <laughs> There's a group of very LAPD. dedicated yes. individuals who are very involved in trains and they are absolutely incredibly knowledgeable and friendly, and they share this information with you. And overexcited, they do get excited about the train. <laughs> and that's the. This is the thing. This is the. This is the part of the whole thing that's like, uh, to me. But you can't. These people are so dedicated to what they're doing. Now we had someone. And I on believe the, it's all volunteer, right? Oh, it is all volunteer. Yeah, we had someone on the trip who thought the highlight of his vacation was seeing Walt's barn. Yep. I am of the belief that there are two things in the world that if I never have to hear about again, it would be okay, and that would be Star Wars and trains. <laughs> I have no interest in either. None. So because we are not excited about the barn, we're not fascinated with the barn, we always try to make the barn day a little bit different. So on this trip, we had Margaret Carey, who was the body muddle, muddle, <laughs> She was the body model for Tinkerbell. So as the animators were drawing Tinkerbell, she would do poses, and she was the inspiration for Tinkerbell. And she has a book that's coming out. Well, that's not all she's done. Margaret Carey has been – Margaret Carey is old Hollywood. She's – 
getting up there in age, but she's worked with everybody from the Three Stooges and Our Gang to the Marx Brothers. Uh, she has a long and storied career. However, one of the, her claims to fame is that she was Tinkerbell's body double. I have to tell you, when we had done the Backstage Magic... And you're like, oh, your special guest is Margaret Carey. And I thought, okay, thanks, John. Way to go. Exactly. <laughs> Woo-hoo. And I thought, okay, that's cool. Sometimes we don't agree on what's cool. She came to the Tamashantan mm-hmm. that day. And I don't even think she was in the room for 45 seconds. And Chris and I looked at each other and I was like, holy crap, this might be one of the, this is one of those moments. You know, every once in a while, you know, you have those moments. Right. And this was one of those this moments. Is a, this is touching Disney history. She this is, is incre- incredible. Experience. She's contagious. She's infectious. She's, she's beautiful. She she's, makes everybody feel that they're yes. the most important person in her universe. We're all having trouble we talking. Are. Margaret is uh, lovely. And you're right. She has a new book out. So everybody in our group got a book. Um, she stood and she signed autographs. She posed for pictures. Margaret is back in the day when um, she used to be a model. She was an actress. And she has this thing that she does where she doesn't just smile at the camera. You, she puts her head down and the photographer has to count her off. And she says, one, two, three, and you pops her heads up and smiles. She said, you have to have a fresh smile every time a photo is taken. Otherwise, it looks staged. So you always give your freshest smile. Well, there's a lot of group photography on Adventures by Disney. So we had 33 people doing the one, two, three pop. It was great. She's just it became so sort much of our fun. thing for the group. Right. Um, she's one of these people who's reached a stage in her life where she's kind of just sort of honest and out front. We get there and we're like, Margaret, it's so good to see you and thank you for doing this for us. And she goes, you're late. You were late. You were supposed to be here at 2 o'clock. And I said, I'm going to blame President Obama. The traffic in Hollywood was just difficult. Everything was late that day. She's really funny and really cute. Very generous with her time. She's also very generous with us and Dreams Unlimited Travel. She's willing to come out for us every time we ask her to. And when you speak to her and when you're in her presence... You feel like you are in the presence of Tinkerbell. She has her mannerisms. She has her movements. She, you are just, you just feel it. And it's something so difficult to explain how magical it is to be in the presence of Tinkerbell. It sounds you, goofy and it dorky. Sounds it does sound like we're big fanboys, but we are. Yeah. yeah, it just sounds weird when you describe it that way as grown adults. The other thing but, is... When you meet somebody like this, a lot of times they you know they're looking mm-hmm. to the next person. We call it the hug and push, you know, move on to the next person. Uh, there is no doubt no. that you are the center of her attention while she's talking to you. You are the person she wants to talk to. At we the said moment. that in our group. We've everybody left there thinking everybody had a moment or two, and felt like they had their own moment. It wasn't. It wasn't canned. So. Um, we also did something this trip that we've never done before. It's very cool. After we left the barn. Uh, they, it was one of the ABD surprises. Uh, they told us they were going to take us to the uh, fair, uh, merry-go-round that's famous in Griffith Park. This is where the story is that Walt sat on the bench watching his daughters and in his head thought that there needed to be some place where families could enjoy this together. So it's the fabled Griffith Park carousel. And... They don't usually do it 
on ABDs because it closes early and it's only open seasonally. Well, they've made a deal with the person who operates it to open it. Now, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I don't know how long that deal will last. I don't know if he had some extra time. I don't know what the story is. I don't have the details of why it was available. But we all got to go ride the Griffith Park carousel. And I want you to know something. I've ridden carousels in my life before. This carousel, he explained to us, goes between 14. It starts at 14 miles an hour and goes up to 25 miles an hour. All I can tell you is that 14 miles an hour, I didn't ride on a horse. I sat on a bench. But my friend Kathy and I sat there, and I sat on the inside of the bench. I was riding a centrifuge. I had to hang on to the edge of the bench <laughs> to not go slamming into Kathy, who was on the outside of the carousel. I was going to, as you're saying, I'm thinking, that sounds it's fast. very, very fast. <laughs> I, had, I didn't ride, and I was taking video and pictures. I don't even have anything you can see. <laughs> It literally is just a blur of people going by on horses. And we were sitting there watching the people on the horse clutch that pole. <laughs> so is this like, so I feel like there's more to the story. So like maybe Walt was on the bench. He was watching people on the merry-go-round and it was so fast that they were falling off. I don't know. So what he felt like he had to buy I haven't Bill heard Disney that, world so that people weren't dying on the carousel. Now I know there are two benches that there's one at the family museum and there's one someplace else. There's actually one at the carousel that exists. That's okay. The, but there's another, then there's three, three because yeah. somebody else has one too. But the story is that he would sit there and eat peanuts, uh, roasted peanuts. He had a shell of them and watch his daughters. And he thought there has to be, there should be someplace with more than this. So we got to ride the carousel all i can tell you is hang on (laughs) but it was also cool because they do have his original bench is sort of behind a thing and you can see it and take pictures with it and there's pictures of him sitting on it so again there's sort of that walt disney connection it's a connection it's very cool the end of day two you're on your free time you get back to the hotel you know people go to dinner people go to the farmer's market uh this uh hollywood boulevard had opened up because the president had left the day before after doing the show. So people went to Ghirardelli. Uh, the El Capitan did not have a new show running. They were, it, because we were there around Halloween, they were alternating uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Oh, so isn't it Rhino who loves? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of Hocus that. Pocus fans out there. Um, <laughs> So and there were some extra things that they were doing with that. So there was a there's a lot to do. Free time and you're attached to Hollywood and Highland, so there's always something to do at the hotel. The next day is I guess kind of the tent pole day of the entire trip. You depart Hollywood and your first stop is Disney Studios and you tour the studios. There's a great deal of history there. They go all through the history. There's a shopping experience. And then you leave there and you uh, had you're you're kind of Burning the surprise was our group got a chance to go to the archives and Dave Smith was there. Oh. And Dave Smith used to run the archives for yeah. 700 years. I'm uh-huh. not quite sure the right number. For a very long time. And he has retired. And it just so happened he was there giving another tour. I understand that a cast member from Great Britain had won a tour of the Disney Studios as part of a promotion through the Disney store. Okay. So he, had, he had won his ultimate Disney day. And this is what he picked, was a day at the studios and going to the archives. And meeting and Dave Smith. So serendipity, Dave Smith is not at the archives anymore. Our group walked in 
and he was finishing up the tour with this cast member who had won. And our group went crazy. We met Dave Smith. If you've ever read a Disney trivia book, chances are the author is Dave Smith. Now you can move on to Thank the next you. one. <laughs> I was waiting. Mother, may I? Um, <laughs> Some days is just like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Our next stop is Disney Imagineering. And I'm not even going to go into details because this time was very, very different than any other time. There were things that were available that we had never seen before. There were things that we had seen before that we're hoping to see again, and they weren't available. We were, I will tell you that there was a section that is my favorite part of the Imagineering, and I've talked about it on other trips, and it was not available to us this time because someone was filming a documentary in it. But they replaced it with some really cool stuff. And finally, you get to shop at Mickey's of Glendale. And Mickey's of Glendale is the Disney store for Imagineering. It's very, very rarely open to the public. I think it's open like one day just before Christmas, and then there is another day for D23, I understand. But you get to go to uh, Mickey's of Glendale, and they give every person a 40% off coupon for one item. So now that we are all laden down with huge bags, we board the bus and we head towards Anaheim, and we arrive at Disneyland. Now, They've changed our arrival. We used to have dinner at Steakhouse 55, and then we ate at the Hee Haw Review or whatever it was called. That was... <laughs> it, it was... You sat at picnic tables and ate out of buckets. Nothing about... Remember I told you about the trains and Nothing Star Wars? about it was appealing. Nothing about it was appealing. And they brought you dessert menus, but then told you you couldn't have dessert. Right. <laughs> yes. We're busy. We have to get to the next thing. No dessert. They have changed that, and they now... Yeah, wait. Wait to hear what they changed it for. Wait for it. You can either have on your own time, or the, apparently there is a Mexican counter service restaurant, and from 6.30 to 7.30, you could go pick out your Mexican food, and they would buy you dinner. If you didn't want to do that, dinner was on your own. Instead and, of Steakhouse 55. Right. You know what the problem with Steakhouse 55 Logistics. Was? It was a nightmare. It was, first of all, Because you you'd have to run all the way up there, and then you'd have to run all the way back to get into the park right. well, for the nighttime activity. That, you had been beer. out all day on a bus. Yeah. You arrive at the Grand Californian, and you have none of your luggage because they have to separate it and sort it and send it to your room, and you would have to run to dinner, and all anybody cared about was, do I have to stay for the whole thing? They because get in the park. Disneyland is like a 10-minute walk away. So we've actually asked them to stop this yeah. sort of arrival dinner because no one wants to do it. And even this was ridiculous. Some people did it, but even this, we said to them, don't even do this. Just let people go on the parks. Give them their park ticket, let them go nuts, and have a good time. So basically, unless you went to this dinner, you were on your own that night. The next day is uh, Magic Kingdom Day. We enter the park very early. Again, I'm not going to talk about the details. Um, Some ex- Incredible backstage experiences. Some I am going to tell people who are booking for next year, for 2017, that Walt's apartment has been removed from the itinerary. Guests will no longer visit Walt's apartment. And the reason for that is it is not ADA compliant. That's all I have to say about it. I'm it sorry that barely it barely was before. Well, it, it, yeah, at really one can. point they had a lift, right. but as the lift went up, you could see the whole lift shake yeah. and you were always certain that it was going to come crashing to the ground. They just realized they can't make it ADA compliant, so it's no longer part of the adventure. But you do get to see some amazing backstage things. They added our 
couple of attractions where you bypass any line and just get on. But the highlight of that day for a lot of people, especially the folks who had done this trip, and about a good third of our people were on their multiple trips, had been to the Backstage Magic before, and we did the Halloween party, which we've never done before. Yep. Oh, Can I go nice. back just one step? The day before, when we arrived, one of the things that they did was um, meet at a certain time, and we did a group ride of Haunted Mansion Holiday. Oh, yeah. Which was incredible, because yeah. there was like a two-hour line, mm -hmm. and we just bypassed everybody, walked past everybody, and you had your own. Our group went together in the stretching room and stuff, so that was a lot of fun. I didn't ride. I have trouble with my eyes dilating fast enough to ride on Haunted Mansion. So I had a mini-meet outside. Some listeners, we scheduled a time, and we sat and, I sat and chatted with people. So it was great fun. Um, so get to the Halloween party, which was great. This trip, we actually said to Disney, we wanted you to add this. Mm -hmm. It wasn't part of the regular itinerary. We said, listen, everybody gets tickets to the Halloween party. You know, it's kind of silly. You're there for it. Why not give people entrance to it? And during the Halloween party, there was a place to why we there was a special viewing area for the parade and the fireworks. And I will tell you that the Halloween party, in my opinion, was packed beyond capacity. It was just it was more crowded than a regular day in the yeah. park. And I don't understand how they did it. To get more people in, but it was just insane. I also know that Disney World has certain rules regarding costumes. Those rules were much more lenient in California. There were full, full face masks. There were costumes that obscured your head and shoulders. It was a much more lenient crowd, but it was also, it was chaotically crowded. Mm -hmm. uh, so much so that Kevin actually left. I actually had a little meltdown. I got in a line to trick-or-treat. However, I was using a scooter. And there were, I think Valerie counted, and there were like 26 chain switchbacks. And for those of you out there who have ever driven a scooter, those little chain switchbacks that they set up the line for, they're extremely difficult to navigate. So I decided to wait until they came out and... You waited with me. To, no, I was on my own. No, I waited oh, with you. Oh, you waited with you... me. And they finally texted us, and they were as far in the park away from where we were. They never came back out where they were. Mm -hmm. we were told that. I finally said, that's it. I'm done. Um, I kept saying, I made a joke that I needed to be in the room where I was the only person in the room for just a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have the room to myself for just a half hour. And you stayed for a while. I did. Um their Halloween party is very different than World. Um, the trick-or-treating lines were like queues. Right. So you got queued up in this giant line, and then you'd be like three places where you got candy. It was very, very frustrating for those of us who've done World's Halloween trick-or-treating. So where they're spread out all over the park, and there might be a small line when you get to it, but you kind of just walk up to it. This was like waiting for... The Matterhorn. There yeah. were these long. Queues. You know, and I think a lot of it speaks to the space issues there. There's just not the same space as there is in the Magic Kingdom. They used whatever they had. They did right. like the they sure. did the monorail ramp and stuff like that. And I bet you that's also why it felt more crowded because on a typical park day, 
people are at attractions, people are all over the place. But when you're doing a party, there's certain things happening we believe where the bulk they, of people want to be. I mean, we believe they've over they oversold the party. I believe they oversold the oh. party. Now one it of our so guides said so I've been done this several times and there's never this many people oh, okay. here. Now we were there the 23rd, 24th, 20th. we were there on October 26th mm-hmm. in the Magic Kingdom. So we were getting very You're close getting to close. Halloween. Um, the other thing is everything in the park was open. At our Halloween party, they tend to close down certain things. This The park was in full swing. So Kevin left. We did. We sort of just walked around the park at that point. We were not going to trick-or-treat anymore. It was just too crazy. Uh, we went, and Disney had their usual spot where we can watch. ABD has their usual ABD spot. spot had the, ABD had a spot to watch the firework, fireworks and parade where it was a private Which to me area. is one of the best things about the entire trip. That there is somebody with that spot for mm-hmm. the fireworks and the exactly. parade, and you can just mosey on up just before it's starting, especially in Disneyland, where I've been known to sit for two hours to wait yes. for fireworks or parade yeah. to start. And I'm always amazed at the fact that, so you're in this little corral and you're behind a rope. I'm always amazed at the people who just step over the rope and well, come of course. in. Yeah. And you think, really? <laughs> yeah, you thought nobody thought of that before. Like, this right, was just exactly. waiting for you. <laughs> oh, look at this great big spot mm-hmm. that's behind a rope. So we watched the parade. The parade was very, very cool. It was very short. Mm -hmm. And I was told that the reason for that is it's not finished. It'll be finished next year. But it was really incredible parade. Um, Unfortunately, fireworks were canceled. Oh, because of high wind. Mm -hmm. wind. So we were a little disappointed. That happens a lot in California. Well, that's because Disneyland sits in the middle of a residential area. During our trip, not an Adventure by Disney trip, earlier in the year, um, it they were literally canceled every night we were there. Well, again, wind, you know, mm-hmm. again, where Disney World has a great yeah. deal of space around it, where before there are a lot of houses, the, this sits in the middle of a residential yeah. area, so the risk of setting people's houses on fire, I guess, is too high. However, what I will say is they really did an incredible job with decorating Main Street. They do these projections mm-hmm. on the buildings, which are just awesome, and it's it was a great experience to be in there. We were disappointed that there wasn't fireworks and that the trick-or-treating was weird, but just being able to be in the park. However, meeting up with other people in our group, they had giant bags of candy, and they had backpacks full of candy, so I guess we were just uninitiated and sort of that's, gave up and said, eh, That's surprising to me. Normally, this is the kind of thing you'd really commit to. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> uh, give me $20 and I'll go buy candy. I know. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> You know what? Line. A, a, my son used to say that when he was younger. He goes, "I don't understand. The grocery store has lots of candy. Why do I have to go knocking on all these doors?" Strangers I had a mother door. come to our door this year, and she had two plastic pumpkins, and she said, "Trick or treat!" And I'm talking a woman in her late thirties, and there were two young. I'm going to guess a ten-year-old boy and a ten-year-old girl standing out in front of my house with their arms folded like this, and she said. My kids don't like to trick or treat, so I do that for them. <laughs> Why don't you just stay home? Yeah, well, just stay you know, home. They have those mixed bags of candy for like six bucks. <laughs> Shut your lights off and give the kids you stuff you bought to give out. So, so the Halloween party was great. It was very nice to be there during Halloween and experience that. Uh, next day was our California Adventure Day. Again, don't want to give away too much. A lot of really cool backstage experiences. Mm-hmm. One of the things we did as a group uh, was actually. One of the highlights for me was we did the Tower of Terror because it's being changed mm-hmm. from Twilight Zone to Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's only open for a few more days. Right. So we did a group ride there. Um, we were one of the first people on 
Tower of Terror, which was really cool. We bypassed the line. We got there before the park even opened. Uh, we did Buzz Lightyear uh, before the park opened. So we a lot of not. cool stuff, Kevin. We did. We did Buzz Lightyear. We did not. I can't. Toy, Toy Story uh, Mania. Toy Story Mania. That's right. Buzz Light, yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm pretty sure Buzz Lightyear's in the it's other the part. It's the same freaking ride. Yeah, it is not I rode no, the kidding, same. With <laughs> ABD Guide. <laughs> and I thought I was doing quite well. I was doing really, I don't see 3D, and I still thought I was doing quite well. And when we came out, she leaned over and she said, how'd you do? And I said, I did really well. I have 50,000 oh points. Oh, my God. Well, she had like 270,000 <laughs> points, and she berated me for how badly I actually did. So I said, kept saying to her, you're really mean, you know. Who were your guides? <laughs> Our guides were Summer Rose and Michael. Uh, Michael. Yes, usually we only say Michael. We had the A team. As soon as, like, Michael, I am telling you, Michael, I don't care what happened in voting. Michael Rodriguez will always be the best Disneyland ambassador ever to me. There is nobody who is committed to that product, to the philosophy of Disney, who could do it better. Let's just give a little background. What Tracy's talking about is there's an ambassador program for each park Mm -hmm. where it's anywhere from one to two cast members are picked to represent that park Mm -hmm. and the Disney company. And Michael Rodriguez, who is an Adventures by Disney guide, but also a tour guide at Disneyland. He's also a VIP guide. VIP tour guide is what I meant to say (laughs) at Disneyland. And he was up for the position and he actually finished in fifth place. Yeah. He he told us the story. He was one of the final five. Final five. And he's very, the story is impressive given how many people they start with and then the process he has to go through even to get to be the final five. There are no, there are 29,000 cast members in the Disneyland Resort and they're all eligible for this. And I think he said he went through six interviews. Yeah. I can't even imagine what numbers one through four could have been. because Well, they didn't actually break it down no. to fifth runner-up. But even doing this, but even... Doing these adventures with him, spending time with him. We've visited with him briefly outside of the adventures when we've been in Disneyland. There is, he is Disney through and through. He mm-hmm. believes the philosophy. He's, he's drunk the Kool Aid, but in a way that's not that sickening, sweet, phony. I love Michael. He was great. Now, we also had Summer Rose, and we I've never had Summer Rose. We This is our fourth trip with Summer Rose, oh, okay. and it just so happened that she was our guide in our Italy-Switzerland trip oh, okay. that we did in September, August and September. So this was our second trip with her within two months. So mm. I can't say enough good things about the guides. I can't say enough good things about all of the guides we've ever had. They are a huge portion of what makes your trip so special. Uh, our farewell dinner was at the Carthay Circle. Did you get the pork chop? Uh, we did. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the pork chop we there. love the pork chop. And we recommended it to chop. everybody there. Yeah. And then they do the kiss goodnight where you go see World of Color and you're done. And then the next morning is our farewell breakfast. So our farewell breakfast, we usually have a very early flight on that day. So a lot of times miss it. We had enough time to have breakfast and still get to the airport. So we got to say goodbye to everybody. Were you at the, the Storyteller morning. Cafe yes. for breakfast? Oh, chipping down. creepy animals. <laughs> I was having breakfast and the one bear came up and put his hands in my eyes. And I thought, I immediately, I have pink eye. I just know <laughs> that I am... Just, it's going to be horrible. I don't know the no, the names of the characters in Brother Bear. It's like Kodak and Grizzly. I don't. It's one of my. It's my least favorite Disney movie ever. Kodak I, and Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. There was the one about outer space in the submarine. I don't even know what that one was either. Um, brother, <laughs> what 
Atlantis. Wally. Atlantis. Atlantis. Oh, Atlantis. I like, yeah, I didn't like Wally either. Um, <laughs> but I was standing in line waiting for my Holy omelet. Jenny. No, he liked the beginning part of Wally because it was uh, um, take off the your, music from Hollow Dolly. Hollow Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> it was all downhill from and there. That, he <laughs> and they started making fun of fat people, and I was out. <laughs> um, I was standing there waiting for my omelet, and this guy came up behind me and kind of grabbed my muffin top and I thought it was John <laughs> as I do yeah, because John does that a lot and I turned around like I was ready to deck him and I thought what are you doing and it was a bear in a bear costume okay it was a brother bear brother boar whatever it is um stop touching me I have spent a lot of time with you and John. We've traveled together. I've not once seen him come up behind you and grab you off the top. No. So I don't know I what about think... that experience made you think it was John. Do you see any bruises on me? I couldn't That's imagine anyone else doing it. that. I thought, is that one of our group? Because if they are, I have not set the boundaries clearly. <laughs> right. The last day, people just, oh, it's like. They're all handsy. They all got crazy. Oh, you said these groups get close. Oh, I... get close. Sorry. <laughs> that is off limits. Oh, my gosh. So, it was a great trip. And again, I what really is exciting to me is the different things we got a chance to do and mix it up a little bit. It wasn't the same trip we've done over and over and over again, even though there are elements of it. The highlight to me is always showing this to other people. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Showing this to people. I mean, as I said, about a third of our group had done this adventure before, but that left two thirds who were completely blown away by the experience. And some people have never been to Disneyland before, which I is I talked one gentleman awesome. at the Mega Meet into traveling with us. And I told him he was going to have a good time. He was concerned about being a single traveler. We were on day one, and he said to me, all those concerns are gone. I am part of the group. Um, we we got to go to th- Walt's barn. We had three single guys traveling, and they became fast friends. We were in um, Cars Land, and apparently something happened that doesn't happen very often. I don't remember what his name is. The fire truck from Cars. We were standing there. Rudy Tootie. I don't know what his name is. Oh, my God. Came out. Why try? Uh, Just it leave was it the, the fire, fire truck, truck from cars. cars. And this guy was into trains and fire trucks. So he got to see Walt's barn. He got to see the trains. Got to meet Dave Smith. He got to meet Dave Smith, which he talked about for the rest of the trip. And he got to see that fire truck from cars pull out into cars land. So he's actually a fire. He works for, he's an EMT for a fire company. So Hosey, Hosey, the truck. (laughs) Hoser. Wasn't it? Is that Jose? It's Hosey. Don't care what it's named. I don't know. It might be time to wrap it up. I I can't say for sure, but he was very excited. It was was. a great trip. We really enjoyed our group. Um, If you're interested in doing an adventures by Disney, you can contact Kevin. Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com or any one of us. The gentleman I'm talking about is named Kevin. Also, Kevin, I'm sorry if I didn't remember the fire truck's name. (laughs) Um, Or you can contact any one of us and we will make sure we get you uh, to the right person. If you're looking to do a... um, uh, one of our group exclusive group trips, you can uh, contact Kevin about that as well. Don't write to Tracy on this. She does not do our groups. She does does not share well. (laughs) I will not get you in touch with Kevin. <laughs> really? But if you're interested in one of our exclusive group trips, that would go through Kevin. So uh, we hope some of you join us in the future for one of those. Uh, thank you guys for working with me on this show. I appreciate it very much. Thank you folks at home for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation. <laughs>